you're listening to Crud Talk, a ministry of Fifty Shades of Grace. Everybody's got a story. I'm guessing like me, you've been hurt before. But what if I told you there was more to this life than being stuck in the hurt and sin of your past? Hey, we all have crud, but it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by Creative Designs. They have specialty promotional products, toys, books, gifts, and much more. We appreciate your generous gift, which allows us to share hope and continue to help people deal with the crud in their lives. So thank you. Welcome to Crud Talk. I'm Sonia Bruner. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, y'all. I just have to tell you, I am so proud of myself. I've batched my podcasts. I'm ready for the month of June. I've got everything going. I've never done that before. I struggle with being organized and I got organized. And today's episode, oh, sweet mother of Abraham Lincoln, God always knows what we need when we need it. (laughs) Today's episode is called when the cheerleader needs a cheerleader. So God has called you to do something and you are diligently working toward that goal trying to do the things that God has asked you to do through obedience, faith, hard work, and trust in him for the results. Okay, this is my best announcer voice. Now, stepping into the ring in this corner, please make welcome the ministry champion of the world, Sonia, 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 awesome sauce, awesome, awesome sauce, sauce, Bruner. And the crowd goes wild, right? Wrong. Nothing. Nada. No one is cheering for you. No one is giving you high fives or crying tears over your awesomeness. In fact, maybe they're giving you unsolicited advice or maybe they're just flat out telling you how wrong you are and how you need to stop doing what you're doing and do something else. Or maybe they ignore you. Maybe they just don't care at all. I feel like I do an awful lot of cheerleading for others. So what happens when the cheerleader needs a cheerleader? I got this sweet note from a lady from Nebraska. Listen to this. Hi, Sonia. I'd like to encourage you with something today, if I may. You mentioned something about women coming up to you after you've talked or spoke at an event telling you that they could do what you are doing also, but they choose to stay home and take care of their families like you don't take care of your family. This is what I believe God wants you to hear. If they are not doing what you are doing because they feel they need to be taking care of their families, then they are not called to be doing what you are doing. End of statement. For you to be doing what you're doing, sharing your past, sharing your pain, sharing your trauma, and sharing your victories that God has given you, that takes a calling that God has given you. You have a calling. You have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and you are highly anointed for what God has called you to do, period. They are not. It shows a high level of immaturity and pride for women to come up and tell you that. They are boasting, and their lives will not show fruit of God's favor and blessing. Take comfort in knowing that you have the favor of God and his anointing on your life. Your pain is his gain, for you are reaching into the mire and the mess of wounded women and men all over the world and bringing them into his kingdom. Thank you for your willingness and transparency with such a delicate topic. God bless you. (laughs) I hate to say this, y'all, but I've heard that a lot from other people, specifically women. 
I always wondered if they understood the backhanded compliment that they were really saying. We could do what you do, but we care too much about our families to do that. I mean, come on. Obviously, I don't care at all about my family because I'm out speaking and singing and sharing Jesus with people. Oh my goodness, come on. We say the dumbest things, right? God has given me a great group of people who love me and support me and cheer me on. They pray for me. They encourage me. They push me to be more like Jesus. I'm blessed to have that in my life. And I do not take it for granted. But there are people that do not care at all what I do, nor do they want to hear about what's going on in this ministry. I mean, how can they not see the awesomeness? Okay, you can can roll your eyes now. People have opinions. I bet you're shocked about how I should run this ministry, what I should do and what I should say. And they love to share their opinions with me. Okay, you guys, smile. Has God called you to something? Are people cheering you on or are you feeling discouraged? Here's a few things Jesus has taught me. Number one, most of the time God asks you to do something, it's going to be you, yourself, and you. (laughs) In other words, there will be people that are supportive and maybe even encouraging like this lady was to me, but most of the process is lonely and you find yourself out in the boat alone. You need to know that with Jesus, you've got everything you need. Trust him, even when no one is cheering you on. And even if they are, you still need to trust him. It's not man that directs your steps and counts the hairs on your head. It's Jesus Christ who's created you and called you according to his purpose. If God has asked you to do something, then his opinion is the only one that counts. It's his ministry. He's called you, so you need to trust him alone and do it. Number two, you are always way, way, way more excited about your ministry than everyone else. And you should be. It should be your passion, your calling, and where you spend a bunch of energy. If you're anything like me, you might struggle with needing someone's approval. And I'm just going to tell you, it hardly ever comes as much as you feel you need to hear it. God has made it abundantly clear to me that I'm not to get my affirmation or worthiness to be loved or approved by man ever. And he's even gone so far as to tell me that he and I are going to keep working on this until I get to heaven because it's the area that I struggle with most because of my past. Crud, 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 right? So here's an example. I was involved in a relationship for several years I learned a lot. I laughed a lot. I grew a lot. I respected them and I truly cared about the opinions of this person. I loved them. Our families were close and I was willing to do whatever they needed me to do. I mean, that's a friendship. You do things for each other, right? Here's where it gets weird. I didn't realize how toxic it was until years later. It started out strong and then I'd get treated differently than others. They'd say hurtful things like who I was wasn't good enough or that I was less than and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be respected or people wouldn't like me. My past, which they knew, would be used against me and pointed out as a way to make sure to deflate any confidence that I felt. (sighs) Things were expected of me, but they would never say or do those things to others. Praise was withheld almost like a weapon. Even when others would try to offer encouragement or notice a job well done or anything like that, this person would make sure to refute or deny what the others had said that was positive so that I would feel bad. I know you're probably thinking, Sonia, what were you thinking? But it didn't happen overnight. It was subtle. 
When I was necessary or needed, I was better than sliced bread. When I wasn't, I got ignored or shamed in some way. I felt used. Here's the amazing thing about Jesus. When he wants you to deal with some crud or to reveal an area that is not aligned with his will for you, he will get your attention. Why? Because he loves us enough to not leave us where we are. Later on, we'd be at an event or we'd get together or whatever, and this person would purposely not ask about my life or my ministry or anything related to me at all, like ever. No encouragement. No, I'm proud of you, Sonia. If it was ever brought up, never by me, of course, never by me, they would belittle it as not being important or adequate or actually shush me and make me feel like I was bad for sharing what God was doing. It was like they had something against me and they knew how to hurt me. I remember the day when God used Rick to reveal what was going on and how unhealthy it was for me. At first, you guys, I'm not going to lie, I felt duped. I was almost embarrassed that I allowed myself to be treated like that as an adult. I felt ashamed of it. But I learned through God's word and Rick that this behavior was wrong. This is why it's important to choose a great husband and partner. Rick saw it. He knew. I didn't see it. This person was not treating me in a healthy or kind way. It was toxic for sure. I love that friendship, but I have boundaries now. I see the good that God has done in all of us, and I celebrate that. But I don't hang on every word needing their approval anymore. I've learned not to expect that ever. And it's okay. I don't bring stuff up either. Like I will not bring anything up about myself. If somebody asks, I'll share, but very limited. Why? Because listen, everybody, God sees, God sees. He knows my heart. He loves me and I am his. I am not less than, but I am who I was meant to be even more because of Christ. Rick showed me that somehow along the way, this person had become insecure and jealous of what God was doing in my life and in the ministry. That insecurity caused an almost like narcissistic behavior towards me. And once I was aware of it, I saw it being done to others too. I saw the patterns. I saw their crud and the lack of them dealing with it. When people hurt people or feel threatened or jealous of others, it's because they are struggling themselves with significance or not feeling valued. And here's the cool thing. I was able to give it to the Lord and allow healing, forgiveness, and honestly, just let it go, but with boundaries. That's how I knew I had grown, y'all. When I could see the truth for what it was, and it's so amazing how God will use your spouse or someone that you love and cares about you and knows your heart to reveal the truth. And I could see that in God's word, and I I could hear the truth in what Rick was saying. This happens to lots of people. How do I know? Because I hear from you guys all the time. This is a very common thing when dealing with people. We get into relationships with parents or friends or pastors or teachers or leaders, coworkers, the boss, and we respect them and think highly of their approval of us, right? There's nothing wrong with respecting someone if it's in within like a healthy relationship and you don't minimize yourself or diminish yourself because of how they treat you or in order to even stay in good graces with that person. If you have to constantly diminish yourself, something's wrong. 
See, if you grew up like me and you were on your own alone or you grew up in a home that had conditional love that was performance driven or no love at all, or maybe you were ignored altogether, you tend to operate out of a model that says, I'm on my own and I'll do it myself. I've always taken care of myself and that's all I can really depend on. What do I always say? My crud is that I just wanted to be what? Loved. We want to know that people care. But more truthfully, we want to believe that they care. Do they like me? Do they love me? Do they choose me? Or do they just tolerate me? It can be really difficult for someone like me or anyone who's been hurt to truly believe people when they do show love and support because we're always waiting for them to take it back or withhold it as a form of control or punishment. So in order to not get hurt, we don't even allow ourselves to ever truly believe that someone does love us or care about us. And that's why a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is so, so hard for so many people. (laughs) Number one, we want to be the boss of our own lives. But number two, we probably struggle with wondering if Jesus truly loves us or if that love is only for the other people, the good people, the worthy and lovable people. We might ask, will he truly love me and how long will it last? Or will he somehow take it back once he sees all the things that I do wrong? Crud, crud, crud. This is my crud. I know many of you can relate to this and this is your crud too. It's how we get into abusive relationships to begin with. Remember, we all have it. Dealing with your crud is not a one and done. You have to deal with it. You keep dealing with your crud until it doesn't cause you to hurt yourself or others or allow the crud to control your reactions to the things that happen in life. As life happens, sin happens. Therefore, the crud's going to keep coming and we must learn to deal with it as it comes so that we don't open the door for bitterness and anger to get a foothold in our hearts. One more thought that I'd add here with this is sometimes we can get into it's all about my life right now and I'm, I'm obsessed with talking about it zone. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen it with like salespeople or bosses or people who are pregnant, people who lose weight, pastors do it, um, people walking through divorce or breakups, or when they start a new relationship, they get in their zone, and it seems like that's all they want to talk about. We all need to take turns, share our hearts, our excitement for sure. In fact, we as Christians should be shouting and getting excited way, way more than we do. God is amazing and he's doing crazy awesome things. It's okay to get excited about life. And we as Christians should shout and celebrate with one another and not feel jealous or threatened by what others get to do or experience. God is good to all of us, right? We can take turns. But there's also listening to other people. That's part of taking turns as well. It's true that there are people that it's always got to be about them watch out for that. But this is also true. Sometimes it can be an innocent mistake where they get caught up in the excitement or the frustration or hog the conversation because of what's going on in their life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I think we can tell if it's excitement or self-obsession, right? Number three, you're not as cool as you think you are. We're talking about when the cheerleader needs a cheerleader. (laughs) I want to be cool, but I'm just not. I'm just not, you people. People, I'm just not. The people in your life that 
have known you and watched you go through all the ups and downs know who you are. They've seen the immaturity, the temper tantrums, the jealousies, the failures, and the unchristlike behavior. We are our worst witness. Can I get an amen? I think about all the times I've messed up, and it's a miracle that Jesus allows me to do what I do. <laughs> ah, I'm sure all you are thinking, it's amazing he lets her do it. I get, I get that. My prayer is always that those that love me and support me know the crud and love me in spite of it. After all, they've got crud too. People that love you and push you towards Jesus Christ are the best allies to have in your corner. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone. Look for those people that are not threatened by your success. Look for the ones that ask about what God is doing in your life, in your ministry, in your family. That stuff matters. People who care enough to ask about that truly care and get it. Why? Because they keep you humble. They tell you the truth and they won't put up with stupid, immature, self-absorbed attitudes. But if they knew you when, (laughs) if they knew you then back in the day, there's not much that will impress them. Just be, be warned about that. You'll want to scream, hey, look at me, I, didn't I do good? And they'll be like, can you get out of the way of the game's on? <laughs> they should also cry with you, pray with you, and cheer for you loudly. Listen to me. Cheering for others does not minimize our good things or take away from our abilities or our successes. Let me say it again. Cheering for others does not minimize our good things or our abilities or our successes. And it never takes away from the goodness of God in our lives. So if you love people, cheer often and cheer loudly for them. When God calls you to do something, he's called you, not anybody else. If he wanted someone else, he would have called them. You don't have to be an expert. Guess what? You're probably not the expert. What he wants is a willing heart, obedience, and your best. I always tell my students, God doesn't say he wants you to be the best. He wants you to do your best. We have to know and understand the difference. And thanks to Google, we can learn just about anything. That's one of the greatest things about our life today. We have access to all kinds of things to learn and grow. It's great to get support. It feels really great. But remember, Jesus is the only opinion that matters. And he also gets all the credit. So what has God called you to do? Trust him. Don't worry about a man and just do it. If you need to, go out and buy your own pom-poms. You can be your own cheerleader. Hey, I've been doing it for a long time because it can get really lonely when you're super excited and nobody else seems like they care about what you're doing. Get your own pom-poms and be your own cheerleader. You can check out my website, sonyabruner.com. I'd love, oh, I would love it if you would leave a comment or share your story with me. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those that you care about. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Sonya Bruner. This is Crud Talk. See you next time.